poising do I've lost a brin and a stove, a stove bar. I barvel shakes, I wash and win out Beth and Hey, taxi. We have been reliably informed that little tune from Matt is a Welsh song about Father Christmas delivering Christmas presents. It's always a treat to find out which direction Matt's brain will go. We are back with another Q&A with the boys, this time looking into the more practical side of ocean rowing. And we have 10 questions lined up for Matt, Johnny, Martin and Billy. Question one, what do you do to pass the time slash occupy your mind while you're rowing in the day? Billy's doing some hand gestures next to me. I'm not going to explain what they are because Billy's my rowing partner. Taking in turns to do the cooking. Uh, If I don't do the cooking, I normally see if I've got a message off one of my loved ones. Uh, If not, I just sit here really, just chill out. No, I'm really going to sleep in, so um, I'll just nod off and wake up. Then then I'll have my dinner later on, or I'll have my dinner first and I'll have a sleep. But that's all I do, really, in the day. That's all I do. Nothing exciting. Or I'll have a chat with some of the boys while they're rowing outside. Um, as you guys have probably seen, it's been quite a mental journey for me. Um, it's become apparent that I've been avoiding a lot of issues and, and introspection, actually, that the roads forced me to, to undertake. So that's been both a difficult but an important and rewarding journey for me. So certainly I've spent a lot of time contemplating on, on who I am and what I am and why I am who I am and, and what I want to be in the future. Um, that, that's the heavy stuff. And then I often find myself practicing my tie. Sometimes I go like a whole half hour, an hour having conversations with myself in Thai because I do a lot of Thai language lessons in Thailand. So that's cool. Um, I spend a lot of time freaking out about Liverpool and if we don't get in the Champions League, will we be able to afford Haaland or Mbappe? Probably not. And then we'll be have a Firmino up front next season and he doesn't score very much. That worries me. Um, and then I think loads about business stuff. I've got notes so much about all my business ideas and stuff that I can do to improve and streamline my business. So that actually has been massive and probably the best thing about the whole experience. It's been allowed me to have a lot of time to think about serious stuff. Well, a lot of the time I'm just, you know, looking around me, um, trying to get the rowing right. I'm also thinking about the future, what's going to happen when I get back to the UK and um, seeing my family. Lots of things like that. Um, lots of things about, you know, what's going to do arrive in Antigua. So basically lots of questions going through my head. What would normally happen is we swap over shifts Take about five minutes to get ready, get strapped in and start rowing. You want to make sure that you've got you know, any snacks that you want with you and your drinks are ready. And it takes a little while for the oncoming shift to get out and the in, uh, offcoming shift to get into the uh, into the cabin. And then the guys that just come off are generally cook. So we have been particularly blessed with the weather in regards to it not being rough. It hasn't been beneficial to us at all times because it's meant that we haven't had any sort of following seas or winds so it's been a hard slog what it has meant is that we can have the cabin door open an awful lot of the time um everyone takes it in turns to cook and we will chat with the guys in the cabin while we're rowing so that normally lasts for about 45 minutes to an hour it's actually a really good social time um if there had been rough weather we would have got there quicker but we wouldn't have had that interaction so i'm pretty glad about that it just means you get to learn a little bit about the guys and what they've been up to and we can talk about you know what we're going to do when we get there there's been an awful lot of talk about how long it's going to take these last few days and extrapolating figures out of thin air about you know if you do 60 miles a day or if you do 55 miles a day it's all supposition but it's just really nice to chat to them uh and that makes the first 45 minutes pass very quickly and then they'll tend to sort of settle down and try and get an hour's kip or so so the following hour matt and i 
actually, we don't talk an awful lot while we're on the oars. We sort of just lose ourselves and what's going on. It is stunningly beautiful out here. There is no two ways about it. For me personally, I never get bored of the view. The sea is never set the same two days in a row. It, it can be different colours and different temperaments and you have big swells and small swells. Sometimes it's like a mirror. It's just unbelievably stunning. And because we've stayed on the same shift pattern all the way through, as we travel along, the further west we go, obviously the later the sun is setting. So we, we've all had turns at seeing a sunrise and a sunset. So for me, it's very much about looking around and just sort of taking in the beauty that is around you. It's just, we are truly privileged to be out here, uh, especially in a rowing boat where, okay, you have to suffer an awful lot, but you just get to be so close to the water. There's nothing else around you. It's, you are part of it. Um, and it is, it's an amazing place to be. Matt there answering a whole different question, but only to be expected when you're sleep deprived. What do you do to get you through the night shifts? Rowing, funny enough. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I don't know, good question. When we first started um, rowing, the night shifts were, yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of the night shifts, but um, the tables are turned. I guess it was just, well, I never used to, I never used earphones, so I just zoned out. I was, I'm in the seat next to the cabin, so I'd look at the front of the cabin and literally zone out and just row. And when I was in school, the teacher said that I was always good at daydreaming, and that's what I always said on my report, and that's what they said the parents even Matthew's good at daydreaming so I suppose you could say put it to good use but now Billy's given me his earphones so I'm normally bopping away headbanging or bopping into heavy metal or hard dance to get me through the night shifts I never listened to audiobooks until a, recent, a couple of recent ultramarathons that I did and it really helped but this has been next level helpful I just listened I've listened to loads of books during the night shifts maybe 10 12 books already um, Atomic Habits by James Clear was amazing and Rich Rolls Finding Ultra was really good as well and I've read them before but Khalid Hussaini released three books about um, refugees from Afghanistan unbelievable so yeah I use Audible and then if I'm running behind or I want to keep the, the, the pace up I smash on Drake or Eminem and, and I'll rag it for an hour I listen to music at night. Um, I've got quite a selection. I download it um, through Spotify. Although Spotify is a bit naughty, wants you to go and sign in again online. So why don't they talk about it as Spotify Premium says you can carry it wherever you are in the world. So it's very annoying when sometimes you find it you're also in the selections. Uh, but yeah, basically listen to music. That is easy. Headphones and music. Or Actually, this is the first time that I've ever listened to podcasts. And I've got to say, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's been a few that are particularly favorite. Des Desert Island Dicks has been a good one. There is Rob Beckett and I can't remember his name. Uh, Josh Whittacombe. So they do this thing about parenting during lockdown, which has been really funny. And there's another really cheesy American one about murder mystery stuff, which I've been listening to. And that... If you get into it, if the story's good, then that can really make the time go by very quickly. So that's when you go on. But finding that music, I love listening to tunes and it depends on what the sea is like and what mood I'm in is to what tunes I'll play. Sometimes, and I know a lot of people will find this <laughs> incredibly stupid, but I, I can listen to the one tune all the way through the whole two hours if it's the right one. For some reason, I don't know, it just it gets into your almost primitive rhythm of what you're doing and it, it just... You can power through with it, um, which is it's just amazing when you when you get the right tune like that. Other times, it's just a selection of whatever takes your fancy. Do you prefer rowing in the day or the night? 
I did like road in the day when it first started and I wasn't too fond of the nights, but now over the halfway point, I really enjoy the nights and not the days. Well, I enjoy both of them, but the daytime is just so hot. It's so hot, plus I'm more tired now, so trying to get a good purchase on the oar and a good pull is quite... uh, it's harder than what it is when we first started. But in the nights, it's cooler, and I find it quite peaceful. The stars are out. You can see the Milky Way. It's just really nice. So I think that's why I prefer the night times uh, the day. I don't mean to be contrarian, but actually it's the, it's the shoulder sessions that I love the most. I think Martin, my lovely rowing partner, might agree. It's the, the first morning one, which is kind of dusky, uh, dawny, and then the, the evening one, which used to be sunset, but now it's more dusky because we just missed sunset. But it's those two shifts out of the six I prefer. So the one that goes from night into day and the one that goes from day into night. The temperature is not baking hot, so that's nice. I find it quite a contemplative time too. Like in the evening, you can reflect on the day and, and what you've achieved and, and know that you've got a bit of a struggle in the night ahead and there's kind of beauty in that and then in the morning you can put the day behind you draw a line under it chalk another day off and attack the day so yeah it's those shoulder sessions that I really love um, I like rowing in the day and the night um, different times of day the middle of the um, day is uh, very hot and the middle of the night is um, very dark and a long way from light so it's the middle of the night or the day shift so I don't really like the rest of the time are perfectly happy both have their benefits the heat of the day is absolutely debilitating it is just so hot uh if there's no breeze at all and we had a couple of days like that it is el scorchio uh it's nice to have that interaction to be able to talk to the others and you know be able to look around and see stuff because you don't get to see an awful lot of wildlife at night time unless you get smacked in the face by flying fish which has happened a few times but at night time it's very very cool it's a lot more comfortable with the rain it's sort of changed if we're gonna and i think that's the same for all of us because you're so tired to start with until you get into the right rhythm um and it seems like when you first start there's just nowhere near enough time to do everything to sort of get changed and attend to your various medical needs and cook and eat and all that kind of stuff it just seems like there's no time for it all but by now because it's all down pat it goes fairly quickly so during the day is nice because you can talk to people and have a chat about stuff but i do like plugging in at night and listening to tunes um sort of getting lost in that you can daydream a lot more at night time and thinking about all the stuff that I want to do with, with Louise and the family when I get back home and and stuff to do with Monkey Fist and these challenges and projects we've got coming up. And it gives you time to sort of plan. I'd say both have their merits uh, for completely different reasons. But now, just because it's so hot, I prefer the night. The night goes really quickly because you sleep the most. So you do your two hours on, the, on yours, you come straight in, you clean your backside and try and make yourself as comfortable as possible and then you're asleep fairly quickly. Excluding people and pets, what are the things you miss most from home? I miss my bike. I can't wait to go cycling again. I miss my running. I enjoy going for a run around my local Wolf Park Lake. Mountains, got a penavan with uh, Lemmy, swimming, John Jackson's Bay, Barry Island, uh, going to the shop, SWID, Cardiff, see the boys, and just all that kind of normal day-to-day stuff, really, that I haven't done for a very long time. So I'm looking forward to uh, doing that when I get back home. I really miss the gym. I miss working out so much. And I miss being a blogger. I love being a travel blogger. And I love making money from my blog. And I love outsourcing projects and funding like the next stage of my life, which is obviously building my house. So I love to be able to focus on saving up the money and all that. So it's my business. I really enjoy my work. And I really enjoy working out. And those two things are killing me, not being able to do those two. And I cannot wait to get back into beast mode in Bangkok when I get back. 
the ability to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, essentially. I miss being able to go and see my mum, which is one of the reasons I moved um, to the west of England anyway. Um, so not seeing my mum and um, not being able to do what I want to do. Colour. <laughs> you don't see anything that's not blue or grey or white, really. Even the colours of the boat are blue, uh, uh, sorry, or white and grey. So you don't get to see an awful lot of colour. I miss that. I miss being clean. <laughs> I really miss being clean. And this is not a clean boat. No, no ocean boat is, is clean. Uh, I've had the same T-shirt on all the way. And in fact, because the weather's been so good, all I've had to wear is one pair of shorts, three pairs of boxers, and one one T-shirt. And that's it. And I've washed the boxers maybe twice. Uh, and I've washed the T-shirt once. Um, so I miss being clean. You've got the main hatch and the aft hatch in the cabin where you sleep. If you can have both open, then you get a really nice three-draft and it's nice and cool in there because it's shaded, obviously, from the sun. If you can't have the, the rear hatch open because this following season water comes in and that has happened a couple of times, then it gets really quite hot and stifling inside the cabin itself. Uh, and you wake up just drenched in your own sweat, which is never good. Uh, and you just, you never really feel clean. So I miss feeling clean. Has the row made you appreciate anything you didn't really appreciate before the row? That's a really big thing for, for me on this row. I mean, I think I was, I've always, always been grateful and I do appreciate what I do have. But I think sometimes you forget what you have got. And I think doing something like this row has made me realise that uh, I should be grateful for what i got because I have got quite a lot. And um, I have written a lot down in my notes because I've had a lot of time to think. So when I do get home, I've got a massive list of things to do, things to be appreciated of what I've got and all that kind of stuff. There's a massive list. I'm not going to get into it, but um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting stuck in with it when I get back. Yeah, for sure, because, because you have that so much time to reflect. But I feel like I've always, certainly over the last 10 or 15 years, I've really appreciated what my mom had done for me. We had quite a, she had quite a tough time in our early childhood. And I do think I, I'm trying to give her the retirement that she deserves, and I hope that is the case. With my missus, I think I spoke about it before, I think I need to readdress the balance there. And now we're married, treat that more as us moving forward together in the same book as opposed to her being a chapter in mine. So that's something that I really need to work on on a serious level. And I, and I appreciate her for standing by my side through all of that stuff. I just appreciate, you know, my whole ethos in life from my blog and all that was like to create a life that I don't have to run away from two weeks a year on holiday. And I really feel as if I managed to achieve that. I'm proud of that. And I hope I can show people from other working class backgrounds that that's possible. And I, I hope I appreciate it before the row that I, I managed to create that freedom. But I certainly bloody appreciate it now. So the thought of just being able to hop on a plane and go to bloody Brazil or whatever, or take my missus to Rome or decide to train for an ultramarathon that takes hours a day, I'm a day, but I've got the freedom to do that is a real blessing and, and one that I'm going to cherish when I get back. It's made me appreciate what a fantastic life I have. Um, and the comforts I have around me all the time and my, my ability to run my own life instead of being so restricted both physically and um, that I have a very comfy bed and things like that. I think also sort of my, my big mate Andy has just been an absolute tower of strength and um, he's always been a you know lovely, brilliant guy. But my goodness, he's been fantastic through this. I haven't heard a lot from Kerry, which I found pretty tough at times, but she's busy doing her own thing. And uh, Andy's support has been great. And Andy's family, you know, get pictures of them all waving. And yeah, really, really supportive. Really appreciate that. 
obviously it's my fourth row so every time we go away I appreciate the stuff that I should do and, and that I don't think about it enough when I'm back home and again that's that's friends and family and making sure you spend time with them and as well as planning stuff for Monkey Fist I've got ideas for what we can go and do as more of a family unit and and how it's better to spread my time so that there's more you know leaning towards time with friends and family as opposed to working and it's unfortunately this kind of stuff costs a lot of money and <clears throat> my work takes me away so it makes it very difficult for, for Louise and Kama. But I'm determined to do more this year. And we're getting back in time. I'm not away over the summer, which is really good because that's what normally happens. So spend a lot of time going to the beach and going to various little city breaks and nothing, you know, nothing big or massively expensive because I'm broke. Uh, but, you know, just going out and maybe doing a bit of wild camping or going down the river and making a raft out of inner tubes and flying. Just little things like that. I really want to go and do that. I'm looking forward to it. What do you wear while you're rowing? And do you ever row naked? Uh, I only row naked twice, but I just wear shorts. Shorts, uh, socks. Well, to start with, I tried loads of different things. I didn't even wear trainers. I wore some, like, open water swimming shoes, but they gave me blisters. And then I should have just listened to Billy, considering, you know, he has thrown three oceans. Always dress, Billy. Yeah, he's, you know, he has got experience in these things, but, oh, no, fucking dickhead. You know, I thought he could, um, well, anyway, put it this way, I paid the price. So, in the end, I ended up with my hockers. So I got a pair of hockers on. The foam's a bit too big, though, so strapping my feet on that strap is a little bit loose. But, hey, oh, but since I've worn socks and trainers, I haven't really had any blisters. Well, I have, but they've sort of healed better. Uh, what else? And a pair of shorts. A pair of boxes and a pair of shorts. Another thing Philly said to wear, put boxer shorts for your ass. So, yeah, that's what I wear. Too many moving parts and too much sun to be rowing naked. So I wear a pair of Under Armour seamless ultramarathon boxer shorts just. And then sometimes I wear, during the peak heat, because I'm a pasty Irishman, um, I wear a, a long sleeve t-shirt at peak heat because I would just burn to a crisp. And then the shoulder se- sessions, normally just my boxers and shirtless. So I've got the best tan of my life, which is still probably not that impressive. <laughs> I wear a, a pair of rowing shorts, which are seem pretty effective. They allow your bits to kind of move around a bit, but they're also very baggy. The outer is very, very baggy so and light, so you can get quite a bit of air laying around your, your, your bits. On top, I usually wear long... Well, like the others, I'm trying to get a bit of a tan, um, but when it's the needs of the day, I've got... And, or at night, I have a long sleeve top made by... Um, Crank hoppers, I've got a couple of them actually, and they're actually fantastic. They're very incredibly light, brilliantly designed, and you know, are just exactly what you want for keeping the sun off. Other than that, I have a peak cap with one of these sort of like lawns of Arabia, Arabia sort of desert racks type sort of little covers over the deck at the back, which is good. And on my feet, I did have my 20 year old um, Adidas training shoes but they've finally given up the ghost so i now have my um rather simple sketches footwear on and just a little pair of short socks which johnny very kindly gave me i generally wear a pair of shorts and then shoes and socks uh, i know somebody rode in clogs i don't know why i did that but um for me the socks stop you getting blisters. I've never had blisters on my feet and everyone that doesn't wear socks always gets them and they get infected and they get really painful. I've never had that. So shoes and socks are a definite must. Uh, shorts, I wear some deco stuff. So they're quite slippery. They're like that 
slippery material, which gives you less friction, hasn't prevented me from getting painful backside. Um, and the other thing I've discovered is if you wear Sundico undershorts and Sundico shorts, is there's so little friction, it's actually difficult to stay on the seat. So I'll be changing that the next time I go. But generally just a pair of shorts. Um, last year, I, once I'd got a tan, I could get away without wearing a t-shirt at all but this year it's just been so intensely hot that sometimes i have to wear a t-shirt during the afternoon as well but generally my preferred choice would be just a pair of shorts and shoes and socks is there anything you don't have that you wish you'd taken with you those little small things of squash you just squirt out highly concentrated things stick in your water that's one the coffee version but i'm just thinking hot coffee and a constantly moving boat don't think that's a good idea we'll probably end up burning my uh off. I would take one of those little USB fans or maybe one of those little geeky hats, peak caps with a fan attached to the cap pointing back at your face. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe one of those ones with beer cans on the side, but don't put beer in it, put electrolyte water in it. Honestly, it's all you do is really row and sleep and eat and, and then spend the rest of the time stressing about your life. So there's not much more you can bring to do anything, is there? A proper pillow, maybe just a proper pillow rather than a kind of blowy up thing because comfort is quite important. Um, I think everything else has actually worked out very well. Um, I don't think we've really needed the, the far weather gear as such because it's been so heavy. Um, but the lighter kind of raincoats we carried ourselves a bit fine. I mean, it is annoying, you know, that the footwear gets absolutely soaked all the time. So, you know, nine splints of time, you've got wet footwear and wet socks on. And it would be interesting to see if there's sort of draining footwear you can get, like, I know there's these training shoes that are very open weave of them, but I wonder if there's some with little holes in there to tie themselves so that things can actually drain themselves. They may be on the market, they may be not, I don't know. No, not really. What is the most useful thing you have brought with you? Uh, my fancy dress, put a smile on people's faces for a little bit whilst, uh, whilst we're out in the ocean. Everything I've brought, I haven't really used. Uh, I have uh, a, collect- a nice collection of food, put it that way. I think, yeah, a nice collection of food. Because I was going to come out and only have two choices of meals. But luckily, Billy convinced me to have a bigger choice of meal. So, uh, yeah, bring out more food with more choice. That was a good thing. Most useful thing I bought for sure, it's not a physical thing, is either my Audible or my Spotify memberships. So both of those are great. Obviously, being able to listen to high-paced music to get you through the tough times, and then the Audible books. I, I like a lot, love a load of them, self-help and and endurance uh, biographies and all that. So I really find those quite inspirational. Actual physical stuff. I've got the Sunto watch. It's got really good battery life. I've been tracking every row. So I'm really looking forward to see like total distance, total calories and all that. But I can't do that till I get online. But that'll be a cool thing. Got my mountaineering sunglasses that like obviously they're polarized and cover up the side of my eyes and stuff. That's been good. But again, I think like with any of these long distance or, or, or multiple day uh, expeditions, you overthink the packing stuff actually. All you need is a bloody pair of shorts, eh? I think I've used it that much, but the very useful thing has been the Leatherman knife. Um, they're always there handy to have around. I think Billy said when I bought it, so I was bringing it, we wouldn't need it. But I tell you what, I think I have. Even if you're just trimming bits of flesh off your your um, your hot skin on your hands or something. So very happy I've got the um, I've got that with me. I'm going to put that into two categories. So the most useful thing I brought personally is electronic devices to listen to music and also I, I always I normally use uh, headphones with uh, corded uh, headphones so cordless headphones I bought this time have been really good because you can put your phone away so it won't get wet 
without music, I think it would really affect the experience I had. Who knows? Maybe it would make it better. Maybe because Matt rose without music. He, he's only just started putting in earphones in the evening. And he says it's great. However, he does seem a lot happier when he's got headphones in now. But it might be something that I'm missing out. But I think I'd find it, I'd struggle without headphones. And with regards to equipment that come with the boat, there's two things. One may seem silly, but it is uh, the igniter for the jet boil. So it's USB charged and it's just like a long magic wand that's got an electric thing on the end. It just makes it so quick and easy and there's no question of burning yourself. It's just brilliant. And I can't, it's going to be very difficult for people to comprehend and I know you're going to think I'm stupid, but honestly, you'd, you'd, you'd realize and understand fully if you're out here doing this. It's, it's a really good thing to have. And the other bit of kit, and we spoke about this earlier on as well, is the Intellion unit that enables us to stay in contact with people at home. So we are very, very lucky in the fact that we were sponsored by Intellion and they've given us things, thing called a C700, which means we have access to the internet. Again, sometimes would it be better if we didn't have that contact at all? It certainly it makes this challenge on social media what it is because we have that capability of providing you know, footage back immediately. You literally take a video with your phone, you turn on the, you turn on the internet, you turn on the unit. Uh, and we use a, a product called Redbox as well by MailSL. So that actually creates a wireless hub. So we are literally all connected. So when the unit's on, we're all connected to the internet. And that's been really, really good. So yeah, I'd say those two things from the boat. How's your bum? Whose bum would you say is in the worst condition? My ass is red raw, it's full of spots. It's just doing my head in, but it is where it is. Can't moan, got to keep going. I wouldn't really say mine's the worst. Everyone's got different, different asses, really. I mean, Johnny's, Johnny's got jock crotch, jock crotch, fucking fungus. Jock rot. Yeah, Johnny's got jock rot fungus going into his asshole. It looks like he's had 10 rounds of Julian Cleary, for Christ's sake. Because <laughs> when I'm growing, he's in here looking after this bottom. You can see him with a pseudocrine slipping his finger into his hole to, to, <laughs> to soothe. Honestly, I'm not joking. I won't be honestly serious. So he's got a jock rot all over his a-hole. My ass is, just looks like a blood orange that's had to be burnt on a barbecue. Billy's pretty much not far off. And Martin's has healed a little bit, actually. So um, I think Martin's sort of the lucky one, yeah? Although he, th- he does say it hurts a bit. Anyway, that's enough on the asses. But um, that's what's been happening. My bum's actually, my bum cheeks are in stellar day. The buns of steel, Bart Simpson ass on display. Uh, I haven't suffered at all from the pimples and uh, the cysts that the boys are dying from. Um, so cannot complain there. Feeling for quite fortunate. Bum wise, bum is okay. Um, left bum cheek is generally pretty good at the moment. That's a um, match burping out loud in the background. Always a treat. Um, the my right bum cheek has got more pimples on it, and I think in the area of the sit bone. So that's a bit that's a bit unpleasant still. I don't like that at all. Um, I think probably Matt's had the hardest time just because hold put his arms down and hold himself off the seat every twenty minutes or so just to get a break. So that's not good for him. My bum is actually all right right now. Don't get me wrong; it's not great. It's all contextual, but. 
it doesn't hurt as much as it was and it seems to be clearing up i found a really good cream to put on it metanium i think it's called a nappy rash ointment that certainly seems to be helping the cause uh definitely right now matt's ass is the worst but it sort of changes i know mars was in touch for a while i i had to stop rowing <laughs> um for an hour and a half an hour and a half of a shift i could not sit on this the seat at all because it was just so painful and that was a worrying time for me because i didn't know i couldn't imagine how i was gonna be able to carry on we're only about two weeks into the row um but then we got new seats and found other bits and pieces of foam to use so it's made it a lot easier so right now it's definitely matt's ass uh but it that's it's an ongoing thing but well you say that johnny johnny the lucky boy has got some kind of fungal infection in his ring piece so he's got some kind of fungus which is really burning apparently so so who knows it's um i think it's a mantle that we all wear with pride apart from your bum have any other parts of your body given you any trouble I have a claw hand, so which I still have, yeah. and that really hurts. But again, it is what it is. Get on with it. Uh, anywhere else? Blisters here, there. My feet were pretty bad. My hands, but no, apart from that, that's all. I do have that like fungal. It's called jock rot. The doctor says. And my groin stuff is killing me. Feels like someone's got holding a lighter up to my, my balls when I'm rowing, so that hurts. And we don't really have enough antibiotics. Shame on Billy. So I only could take half a course, killed it a little bit. Then it came back. Now I've got another half course, and when that runs out, there's none left. So I just, I'm at the moment, I'm just grinning and bearing it. But whatever. Um, really, only particularly, um, I suppose, tendons mainly started on my right wrist, um, which I have historically had about 30 years ago. I had some tendonitis on my right wrist, but not my tendonitis I was getting this time. But um, And then also got tendonitis in my left ankle and left shin. So that wasn't very good because I really couldn't push off on my left ankle at all. And then I had another tendon thing, but not the same. I think because I got a bit of a knee injury and swelling of the knee and below the knee and right down to the ankle, that I, I got a side wipe from, a, from uh, one of the pieces of the um, weaving equipment. So um, I got a real this sort of happened. And um, that's been really, really sore as well. Um, but nothing too serious. I'm actually feeling much better physically. No, not really. Um, starting to get a little bit of tendonitis maybe in the wrist, but that's only come on today. So I, I feel fairly good. I think out of everyone, I've probably fared the best out of this. I don't have that claw hand that the others have got because they've never done this before, which is really painful. I remember that on the Pacific. Back to my back. My back, back is about 100 times better now than it was before we started. I just wasn't doing any exercise back at home. Such a sedentary lifestyle and the work that I was doing as well wasn't physical. So my back was really hurting and it was a little bit of a concern for me, but after about three or four days, so my back's got a lot better. Um, so yeah, there are little niggles, little twinges every now and again, but I am 48 years old, so I would expect nothing less. Well, I hope no one was listening to that while they were eating their dinner. Don't forget to donate to our two charities, Human and the Dean Farm Trust, and follow along on our social channels for daily updates. Links can be found in the show notes.